props masters, if you're listening, if you have coffee cups in a scene, fill the fucking things with water. I don't understand why this isn't standard practice. I don't understand. Any liquid. And it doesn't even have to be like full or anything, but just like something to give it some weight. Yes, it's coffee time. Coffee, 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 coffee. Cappuccino. Java. Yes. Well, hello there, Mission Recall listeners. It's your host, Oriana Schwint and... Steve Parkers. And we have a very special treat for you today. I'm so excited about this. We're doing our first ever double feature. So we are doing the two classic magma-related movies of the late 90s, Volcano and Dante's Peak. And this is a really fun one for us because for the first time like ever Steve and I are on opposite sides of an issue which is which is the superior volcano movie and obviously I prefer volcano because I am not a fool and as the resident fool I of course prefer Dante's Peak which is A superior film in almost every way, and we'll get to that shortly. But for now, we want to talk a little bit about the plot of each film. So we decided the best way to do that was for each of us to cover our uh, respective films that we prefer. And we're going by release date. So I'm going to go first with Dante's Peak, which came out uh, in February of 1997, which was a surprise. I thought this was a big summer release. This has summer blockbuster written all over it. And Volcano was April 25th, 1997. So again, like, you know, closer to the summer, but still a little off. Still kind of weird to me. Let's jump in and quickly just run through the plot of Dante's Peak. It stars Pierce Brosnan as Harry Dalton. And this is peak 90s Pierce Brosnan. Uh, Oh, it's so good. In his 007 days, he was still making James Bond movies at this point. And it co-stars Linda Hamilton as Mayor Rachel Rachel Wando, W A N D O. Rachel Wando. Who? What coke-fueled nonsense is this name? It's a strange choice, uh, but they are both just dynamite in it. Linda Hamilton was a few years removed from Terminator 2. Pierce Brosnan plays Harry Dalton, a volcanologist, geologist, who is sent to Dante's Peak in the Pacific Northwest to look into a potential event there. And... He does and is immediately concerned uh, and calls a town meeting with the city council. Dante's Peak, the town, it's a small bucolic uh, town nestled up against the mountain, uh, about 7,300 people, I believe. And it is every Hollywood producer's uh, version of small town Mm -hmm. America. They're having a Pioneer Days festival, which is why there's more people there than usual. Well, and the best part of the Pioneer Days festival is (laughs) that... They're accepting an award for second best (laughs) town in America being presented to them by Money Magazine. They flew an editor for Money Magazine out to Dante's Peak, Washington or whatever. Which it would have been funny if that editor had popped up later in the movie when the town was being destroyed. Right. (laughs) And be like, like, we take it back. Give us the 
give it back. Yeah, everyone's thrilled about this award being given, including uh, Mayor Wando. So then she and Harry go and uh, Harry takes some samples and calls in his team. They come up to investigate and he is kind of, he gets a lot of pushback from his boss, Paul, who is played by Charles Hallahan, who You'll know him if you see him. He was in a bunch mm-hmm. of stuff in the 80s and 90s. Kind of big bulldog face. Yeah. Um, and I guess he's sort of like... There's no villains in this movie, but I guess he pushes back and keeps them from putting the town on alert. So he ends up kind of causing a lot of problems, but he seems like a, a nice guy who's trying his best. Yeah. So the team, you know, stays there for like a week, kind of decide, oh, right, nothing's really going to happen here. And then, uh-oh, something happens here. Uh, the water turns to sulfur. The eruption begins, and the kids go up the mountain to rescue Grandma, who uh, is recalcitrant and won't come down from the mountain. And so Harry and Rachel have to go up and rescue the kids. And Grandma. And Grandma, that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> My bitch of a mother-in-law, yeah, classic, staple of the 90s. Classic mother-in-law drama. Um, so they narrowly escape some lava. They uh, race down the mountain. Grandma dies in, <laughs> in the acid lake, which both of these movies, we'll talk about like the traumatic experiences yeah. of watching both of these films when you're a, a kid. Yeah. Grandma getting into the acid lake oh and then God. seeing her, her little shredded bacon legs afterwards. <laughs> Jesus. It's yeah. really upsetting. It's, it is. It's, it's well done. Meanwhile, the team is evacuating the town and Paul gets thrown into the raging river as all the snow melt takes out the bridge. So he kind of gets his comeuppance for you know, preventing them from evacuating earlier. So then Harry and the family have to figure out, they get back to the town, it's evacuated, it's abandoned, but they can't get across the washed out bridge. So they end up racing the volcano as it explodes, uh, out, trying to outrun the pyroclastic cloud, and they crash into uh, an abandoned mine shaft and then are eventually rescued. Um, at the end, Harry and Rachel kiss and uh, the movie ends. Volcano, a 1997 film directed by Mick Jackson. We we start with an earthquake in Los Angeles, and people freak out the normal amount that you would freak out living in LA and, and experiencing an earthquake. Tommy Lee Jones has his daughter in town from his bitch of an ex-wife. <laughs> Divorce and bitchy ex-wives is is yet another common 90s theme that, that we're really leaning into. Tommy Lee Jones works at the Office of Emergency Management at the city of LA. He's supposed to be on vacation, but he comes into the office anyway, and what seemed as though it was just an earthquake turns out to be a magma (laughs) the birth of sort of a new volcano within the ring of fire first it's like the gas and steam cooks some department of water and power workers there's all sorts of other stuff but it's basically just like oh god how do we stop all of this magma that is now starting to come up from the la brea tar pits (laughs) sure sure and heish is a scientist with the uh U.S. Geological Survey? I actually don't remember. She's just a science lady, and she has uh, another science lady, and they are clearly written as lovers. They're coded as lesbian. Yeah. And they have a great chemistry. They do, actually. They seem like really fun friend, or friends. Friends. But my, they... <laughs> my, aunt's, my aunt's best my friend aunt's who she roommate. lives with. Yeah. Roommate. yeah. Unfortunately, Anne Heche's scientist lady lover 
dies pretty quick, like half an hour into the movie because they're investigating in the subway tunnels and there's gas, fire, magma, etc. She dies horribly. Anne Heche is like, ah! But then they try and have Anne Heche and, and Tommy Lee Jones, like they never consummate this lack of tension, let's call it, because it is a lack of sexual tension. They were trying to make it horny and it, and it, isn't it is deeply unhorny sometimes that's okay to just yeah. not be horny there's you, a lot happening if you don't have it you don't have it don't it's try fine. to force it it's fine as pro horny as i am on this <laughs> podcast sometimes you just gotta you gotta know when to when to, when to fold it. them yeah yeah like, so basically there is magma pouring out onto like wilshire avenue taking out businesses and homes shockingly the fire department is trying to protect the businesses instead of like the predominantly black neighborhood uh around the area. So basically, they just have to figure out a way to first stop the lava that is flowing from this one vent. And they do that. And then they realize, oh, there's a lot more. We need like a slightly more permanent solution to the volcano that is (laughs) forming under LA. So they uh, end up blowing up a bunch of the street and downing a building too. Yeah, that's the big part is they they 9-11 a building. They 9-11 a building. uh, And so, you know, this came out in 97. So it wasn't as insensitive as that sounds. This is a great movie that has really strong Pelham 123 vibes for about two thirds of the movie. There's a lot of local governance issues like the Department of Water and Power and the Metro are beefing. One of them messes up and the other doesn't want to take responsibility. And Tommy Lee Jones is like, can you just get your shit together, please? I don't have time for this. So they have to do all this not only to like sort of control the lava flow or attempt to, but, you know, mostly because the lava is flowing towards Cedars Sinai, which is the hospital where they have sent all of the burn victims and including Tommy Lee Jones's daughter. Once again, you have these like Anne Heche is like, I think there's a volcano that's gonna happen here. And everyone is like, no, no, we can't do like, this is a city of 7 million people. We, we aren't structured to, to like deal with this kind of evacuation or anything. And Heche is right that there there is a volcano, but there are a lot of problems that, that arise when it is a city and not a small town that you are trying to manage with this level of destruction. Well, that feels like a good chance to kind of jump into the similarities and differences with these two movies because a lot of people kind of it was an ongoing joke like sort of like Deep Impact in Armageddon which Mm -hmm. we will do at a later date where people would say haha it's the two volcano movies and there are a lot of shocking similarities for example you mentioned Tommy Lee Jones is supposed to be on vacation Mm -hmm. so is Pierce Brosnan he is called in from his vacation and goes in and I think that was just like shorthand to say like these guys are committed to their jobs they're workaholics hard workers uh, you know and this is how they're 
dealing with the problems in their lives is just to focus on work. Mm -hmm. Tommy Lee Jones and Pierce Brosnan are similar on the surface level of like the kind of guy they are, like very competent, competent, uh, very in control, no nonsense. But that's kind of where the similarities end. They they bring very different energies to the role. Very. And they, they need to because these two movies, like, yes, they are using the same premise, but they are telling vastly different stories about vastly different things. I will say this. I prefer Volcano as a viewing experience. I know that Dante's Peak is the better movie. I win, and that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> Tune in next time. No! Uh, so, not to like gloat, but I agree with you that Dante's Peak is a better movie, but that doesn't mean that it does everything better. I right. think Volcano really nails some things. Where it is vastly superior to Dante's Peak is in your collection of supporting roles. Oh, gosh, Supporting yeah. characters. It is a murderer's row of character actors. The side characters in Dante's Peak just do not stack up. Right. Um, I think Paul is probably the best one of the group, and the other actors aren't bad per no, se. I- see, Ma is in the and he he was he's like the dad in Mulan in the live oh, action yeah. Mulan yeah. but like he's like a veteran Hong Kong actor yeah he's that, he's just not given that much to he's do not he's not given much to do our main crew that we're hanging out with are the geological survey mm-hmm. team and they feel like they were pulled out of a c-tier NBC sitcom oh like, they were one of the hammocks between friends and Ste- Seinfeld Steinfield Steinfield <laughs> yeah they were a show that got canceled mid-season um, or like ran for like five seasons simply because it was sandwiched between the two. But as soon as they moved it to Tuesdays, it, it got canceled. They were the Caroline in the city. Oh, yeah. Of uh, side characters. So I will definitely concede that the casting in Volcano is vastly superior. The characters are given more they just to feel do. More, more lived real, in, yeah. more real. And just like less of that kind of bad sitcom-y hamminess that yeah. a lot of them have. Yeah. Yes, it's coffee time. Coffee, 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 coffee. Cappuccino. Java. Yes. Because Volcano takes place in LA, which is a very diverse city, you do have a more diverse cast where the diversity actually does kind of mean something. Yeah, they're not just diverse for the sake of diversity. It isn't colorblind casting or anything. No, it's like these feel like real people who actually live and work here and are part of this Mm -hmm. city. As far as like characters and who these people are, they feel like real citizens of this city Mm -hmm. uh, and it feels lived in. What I kind of really love about this is the prominence that the LA Metro plays in within the narrative. A lot of the plot centers around the Metro red line being extended. And I really appreciate that. There's this whole rally at the beginning of the movie where like there's like pro transit people and NIMBYs led by Jim Corbett, who is this sleazy... John Corbett. John Corbett. Sorry, John. John Corbett is leading the the NIMBYs who hate the red line and don't want it there, but he's doing it because he has a new building going up he's across. Like a real estate developer. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. They set this guy up to be this big deal. His is the building that they blow up to stop the lava and... There's no scene of him like trying to stop them from blowing up his building or him being in the building 
refusing to leave and then blowing it up anyway. And I think that's indicative of where Volcano falters as a film. I have no way of knowing if this is true or not, but it reeks of studio interference mm-hmm. or, or test, rewrite. Test audience chicanery. Yeah, like bad test screenings where the executives all freaked out and ordered either reshoots or re-edits or something. It's an incredibly solid movie and then the third act just unravels. The last 15 minutes are, they're actually bad. Tommy Lee Jones sends Anne Heche on this wild goose chase for to look for his daughter she doesn't find his daughter and the daughter has to chase a tiny white boy right around the building that where, is being, that is blown, being up. blown up they're setting off the charges and Tommy Lee Jones has to run and get them and they somersault a couple feet away from the <laughs> building that is being brought down That's and they're enough. fine and it's frustrating because so much up till then is so good for a movie about a volcano under LA it feels remarkably grounded and realistic and that's where the pelham 123 comparison comes in where it's just a bunch of grumpy city workers just trying their best the guy who runs the la metro is played by john carroll lynch who who, is incredible uh, he's uh, the zodiac in zodiac (laughs) he ends up having the most heroic and also very uh Scarring. scarring this is volcanoes grandma, acid lake grandma grandma a train gets stuck in the in the red line tunnel because you know earthquakes and shit and so john carroll lynch and like a team go down into the tunnels to see what's happening and they're like we got to get those people out of there so they go to the the train and they're trying to get the people off the train and here comes some magma some lava i guess Lava. It's lava when it's out of the ground. Oh no, which ground. one is it? It's lava. It's yeah, lava when it's, it's lava out of the ground. Uh, so Please don't correct us if we're wrong. I, don't I, I really don't care <laughs> enough. Sorry. All the passengers on the train and the driver are unconscious, so they're having to carry the people off. It's so dramatic. You know, it's the this race against the lava. And John Carroll Lynch is the last off the train, and he's got the driver in a fireman's carry over his shoulder, and he is not going to make it. The lava has progressed beyond the train. He jumps off the train into the lava and throws the driver. And the driver has some burns and stuff, but is okay. They're able to get him to safety while John Carroll and just fucking melts. He Terminator 2s into the lava. It's horrifying. It is. It is. His agonized screams. Like, you know, I was 11 when this movie came out. That scene was seared into my brain long before... I ever caught it again on cable. That was that was like the one thing I remember. That and Tommy Lee Jones being great, just very curmudgeonly, but very competent. What I do really like about these movies, and we were just talking about this, is how both he and Pierce Brosnan's characters are just guys. Most of the movies we'll be talking about and have talked about, it's just guys. Tommy Lee Jones works for the city. Bill Paxton in Twister is gonna be a weatherman. And then, you know, he rejoins the ragtag team uh, that doesn't make any real money. Yeah, and Pierce Brosnan works for the U.S. Geological Survey. Survey. Uh, you know, like probably making a, a Decent it's salary. pretty solid government salary. But yeah. Like, yeah, these are government workers, city workers. They're relying on grants, on yeah. university grants. Even even something like Men in Black, they deal with aliens, but 
they don't feel that special somehow. They're not superheroes. They're not even like super buff, ripped dudes. No. You wouldn't say they have a dad bod, but if you saw them out on the street, you wouldn't be like, holy shit, right. who's I, this Adonis? It's just like, oh, it's Pierce right Brosnan out. is the only one. But even then, like... I don't know if he was even ripped, at least by today's standards. No, he yeah, wasn't that's command. like, you know, he looks good in clothing. like And out of clothing. Well, like Tommy Lee Jones is just... He's certainly not jacked in yeah. Volcano. My biggest problem with Volcano is it's a movie about a bunch of guys, like mm-hmm. every, including Anne Hayes. Very diffuse. Like they're just they're all just guys trying to get the job done. But then that third act rejiggering or whatever happened, it really tries to focus down on Tommy Lee Jones and his daughter and make and and raise the stakes mm. with this very personal situation. Didn't need to. Well, they didn't need to and it also feels like it's from a different movie. Like yeah. yes, we've been seeing little snippets of the daughter here and there. So it doesn't come out of nowhere. No. It was planted, uh, but it's no longer about the people of this city, like the people right. running it and the people in it. It's mm-hmm. about Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. You mentioned earlier that he sends Anne Heche out to find the daughter. And I really, that really stuck in my craw. Yeah. For a number of reasons. Bad, bad, um, bad. She is actually the Pierce Brosnan yeah. of this movie in that she's the one that keeps saying like, hey, there's a volcano here and everyone ignores her. There's a message of, about sexism in here that I actually thought was good. Yeah. And, you know, it, Tommy Lee Jones learns to respect her opinion and respect like her not as a professional. Be like, oh, it's too dangerous because you're a woman. Yeah, like there's there's some growth for his character there, and they come to kind of see each other as colleagues and as equals, and like yeah. they complement each other really well. It's a nice pairing from a professional standpoint. Yeah, which is why the romantic awful, attempt awful, disgusting, horrible. But even worse than the romantic attempt is. Anne Heche is sent on this side quest that she doesn't even accomplish. Yeah. Anne Heche at no point gets eyes on the daughter. No. Uh, she doesn't find her. She doesn't do anything and else. And what does that do for her character-wise? Nothing. 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 She basically saves the city. She is the one who keeps identifying, like, the lava's going here. It's yeah. going to erupt here. Here's what's Oh, there's happening. a slope, so you gotta... You gotta go this way. She's the... The person who, she's the brains of yeah. the operation and then she's just off dicking around in the, in the cedar sinai crowd trying to find this kid who she doesn't find tommy lee jones finds her <laughs> tackles her and somehow survives a building falling on them it's really frustrating because if the movie had continued at the caliber of the first two thirds i would say it might be a better movie than dante's peak mm-hmm. it is funny because i don't have any real criticisms of dante's peak because it is again it's very well constructed there is an uh, one thing where the movie opens with pierce brosnan and his then fiance somewhere in south america it looked like poor pierce brosnan's fiance is very unlucky and gets gets lava bombed uh it crashes through the car roof as they are driving away to safety and she dies and very sad but it doesn't really have an effect on his character the rest of the movie it feels like it should have been something where that happened and then he kind of retired from that lifestyle and then got pulled in for one last job you know instead of him going on vacation just be like oh i'm a desk jockey now you know yeah especially because they jump we jump forward four years to the open of the movie proper so he's had four years to get over this i mean she was hot so i get it but 
Uh, yeah, if if your wife's an uggo and she dies, well, then <laughs> who cares? Who gives a shit? But uh, no, she was a hottie with a body, and so it's a real shame. It is a real shame. Um, he's still sad about it, but it does kind of seem like he's gotten over it. Yeah, he he seems very willing to move on with Linda Hamilton. Pierce Brosnan is so smooth in every. He's an amazing. He's so great with kids. Like you can tell that they're like daddy. Dad? And he's great with them and, like, is gunning for Linda Hamilton, like, Hard. immediately. Yep. Uh, which is great. I love but it. But she's gunning for him, yeah, too. Yeah, it's, it's... So, as deeply unhorny as Volcano yeah. is, I wouldn't go so far as to call Dante's Peak as horny as, like, Twister or certainly not The Mummy. Oh, That's, no. like, peak <laughs> 90s horniness. There is a genuine chemistry between Pierce Brosnan and Linda yeah, Hamilton. Yeah, an easy and, chemistry, too. And I think... As much as I love Linda Hamilton, I feel like that is mostly up to Pierce Brosnan just being one smooth motherfucker, man. When he says, like, oh, I'll walk you home, it's the most obvious thing in the world. Like, Like, of course course. you will walk me home, Pierce Brosnan. What else will you do? Well, and then they're in her kitchen and she's like, I should make coffee. And she goes to make coffee or whatever. And he just like grabs her, but in a way that is the least aggressive. It's not aggressive. It's just very like... over here my arm is around your waist and linda hamilton is like yes this is the way things are supposed to be this is the natural order of things asserting itself and i agree as a viewer there's just an easiness to to him and his character Mm -hmm. even when the shit's all hitting the fan and things are going very poorly he's just got this calm demeanor Mm -hmm. you know he's always just trying to keep everyone calm it's a fun and i don't mean this as a criticism against volcano because i love tommy lee jones's character in it but it's a fun contrast to look at the two of them and tommy lee jones is just like i don't have time for your bullshit you're an idiot i'm smart yeah get the fuck out of the way whereas in many ways pierce brosnan is the same he's smart everyone else is an idiot they should just get the fuck out of his way but he doesn't think that though he doesn't think that and he certainly doesn't say it like he he treats everyone with this level of like dignity dignity and respect and and just like everyone you know just remain calm and listen to me and everything will be all right. And you're like, well, everything's going to be just fine. You know, until uh, an earthquake disrupts the town meeting yeah. and then things go poorly. They should have just listened to him. You know, if we all just listened to Pierce Brosnan, we'd be fine. Our lives would be so much better. I do want to talk about the effects of both of these yeah. movies, but I think there's a bigger thing to talk about first. And that is the, the baffling way that Volcano solves racism. <laughs> This, I think, is also really affects the ending of this film. It does. So this was in the aftermath of the O.J. Simpson trial. The Rodney King uprising. Uh, protests, the you know pushback against the LAPD. So there was a lot of tension in Los Angeles at the time. And the movie tries to make that part of the story. Yeah. And it actually like does a decent job in the beginning. In the beginning. So there's a character played by Marcelo Thedford who is trying to get the attention of of the LA Fire Department mm. while they're battling the 
lava Mm -hmm. because his neighborhood is burning down. Meanwhile, the L.A. Fire Department is trying to protect the museums along Wilshire Boulevard. Mm -hmm. He's saying, like, you know, stop protecting the museums. We We have homes and and people. And this LAPD cop cuffs him. He's the most racist-looking cop you've ever seen. Kind of balding, very white, thin. You're like, oh, you've got a Confederate flag and a Gadsden flag on your truck. Thedford's character even calls him uh, Mark Furman. So it starts out as like, yeah, this LAPD cop is acting like an asshole. You're arresting somebody now. There's literal lava flowing down Wilshire. His partner comments on it as like, what, you're going to take him downtown? It's a good message so far. But the movie then does this weird thing where they learn to respect each other. They come to an agreement. The guy who got arrested, he gets uncuffed by the other cop, not even by the racist cop. That's that's where this really, really, if you're going to have this turn where the you know, they come to respect each other. It needs to be the racist cop who uncuffs him. Right. And, you know, so the guy helps them stop the lava. It's this triumphant moment. And if it had just ended there, it wouldn't have been perfect, but it would have been okay. But it's treated as this moment of like these two people who were at opposite ends of the spectrum come to realize their shared humanity. And it's like, okay, fine. Except the The, guy who came over to say like, hey, can you save the houses? Of the predominantly black community. He was absolutely right. And then got cuffed for no reason. And then... And still helped, helped out anyway. And then it's just treated as like, see, these two guys could figure it out. Racism is solved. And it's like, the racist cop is still racist. Yeah. Like, when this is all over, he's just going to go back he's to continue. arresting black guys for yeah. some made-up stupid bullshit. He thought he smelled weed or something. Yeah. Thing. Like, that's where things start to get weird and bad. I will say, props to Volcano for not having, like... Don Cheadle or Robert Wisdom or Keith David, all of whom Keith David is is a is a cop. He is like the supervisor of the of the racist cop. For the most part, they actually keep these black characters out of any sort of shoehorned in racial messaging. They are allowed to be just black and part of the fabric of of the narrative and the movie. Like I do like that, but I hate every. At the end of the movie, the building has collapsed and there's ash all over everyone's faces. <laughs> and this part, like, I laughed out loud. I, I did not remember this I at all. Had, I, I think I specifically blocked this from my memory because I, I've seen this movie a lot and I did not remember. The littlest white boy is being carried by someone. You know, everyone has ash all over their faces and they're all helping each other. And the little boy goes... They all look the same. Look at their faces. They all look the same. And Albie the racist dragon wasn't racist anymore. It is. It's unbelievably bad. And it feels extremely shoehorned in because within a few seconds of this line, it starts raining and washing all of the ash off of the people. So it's not even like, ah, yes, the volcano has has been the great equalizer, which is actually like earlier in the movie, 
You were just talking about how this black community is being destroyed by fires while the firefighters focus on the businesses and museums. And that's where it feels like there was some sort of meddling in here because it doesn't make sense just from basic screenplay structure, basic thematic structure that you would set all that up in the beginning only to have it end with like, and then racism was ended because the volcano taught us all to come together. And look, you don't want to kind of do a hindsight is 2020 thing for a 20 year old movie no but having just lived through the pandemic it's like oh a disaster is not a great equalizer Mm -hmm. it just exacerbates the existing problems and makes them much much worse and again volcano basically says that at the beginning it's like these people are affected more yeah while the city's resources are focused on saving the business district so to have it turn into this sort of weak sauce Clinton liberalism Mm -hmm. thing of just like now there's no more racism let's all get along lands like a wet fucking shit (laughs) again it's such a shame because the movie up until them is the opposite of maudlin or saccharine volcano has an extraordinarily high body count and violence so violent so brutal but it's also like very funny Don Cheadle is fucking funny Tommy Lee Jones is funny. The security guards for one of the museum are putting paintings. There's a a Hieronymus Bosch exhibit and they're trying to save the paintings. And one of them goes, oh, this stuff is heavy. And the other guard pontificates for a few lines about Hieronymus Bosch's like themes. And it's just really funny. It's just this one little moment. The, The movie is full of those moments up until those last like 15 minutes or so and where it's just this bizarre after school special shit for me my conspiracy theory is that there were poor test screenings because they brought in john corbett to play this villain who basically gets excised from the movie he gets a couple of lines he's dating a doctor who is helping out at cedar sinai and the most he gets is saying like why are you helping them get out of here you don't even know them they're strangers and she basically just dumps him on the spot yeah and that's all well and good, but like there was clearly more, more story there story. because they get a, a scene at the beginning of the movie where he's like, check out this penthouse in my That'll new be building. Ours. It's going to be ours. And then he disappears. And I think like he was one fatality in this restructuring of yeah. the final act where they decided they really want to have a message mm-hmm. um, and solve racism and also like focus on this father rescuing his daughter when that was clearly part of the movie but that was not the point of the movie up to that point like the stakes are already high and yes a lot of it has to do with like the city of LA in general but you don't have to have the immediate jeopardy of the daughter and the little the littlest white boy being crushed by a building It really feels like, ah, shit, reshoots. They spend so much time and effort on the Wilshire Boulevard scene where they're blocking the lava. Mm -hmm. And that's a a great scene. It's a long sequence. It goes on for a while. But it's it's really well done. And it feels like the movie didn't quite know what to do with that. After that. Like, yeah. once they did that, there were, somebody thought up that sequence. Yeah. And was like, holy shit, this is awesome. And then, oh, man, we still got yeah, half an <laughs> yeah, hour yeah. left. And they weren't really sure how to do that. So everything after that, like, once they block the lava, that kind of feels like the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. But there's 30 more minutes where it's like, well, something's got to happen. I don't know. The lava's racing towards the hospital that everyone is conveniently at. Yeah. And 
it, it's just all a little too neat, but also messy. Everything up to then is is very Pelham 123. Tommy a Lee li- Jones is doing his best Walter Matthau. <laughs> uh, Truly. And yeah. there's even a little bit of Shin Godzilla in there, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, obviously, this came out before Shin Godzilla. But once again, that focus on bureaucracy and government. What would actually happen in the event of a major disaster? And that's why I really enjoy that Tommy Lee Jones is... Office of Emergency Management because he's used to dealing with earthquakes, power outages, blackouts, traffic. He's thrown into this situation that very few people have been thrown into and that you don't really think you ever would be thrown into. And that's really cool. And you can do a lot with that. And they do for a long time until all of a sudden they just decide to go with this like kind of hacky daughter in peril shit they don't give the characters enough time and they have to knock over this building yeah and they're given a half hour countdown basically a ticking 20 minute 20 minutes for them to set all these charges to blow up not just the building but also blowing up the street in order to create this big trench for for the lava to flow down i am absolutely willing to suspend my disbelief and be like, yeah, I'm with you, volcano forming in LA. But you need to give people an hour. I think a good corollary is the climax of Dante's Peak where they're trying to outrun the pyroclastic cloud. Mm-hmm. And look, realistically, yeah. they would not outrun a pyroclastic no. cloud. It would have engulfed them and killed them. Mm-hmm. That's an example of a suspension of disbelief that I can get behind. I'm a little less forgiving about it. But interesting. Well, you're wrong. Um, but <laughs> this isn't you're wrong about. <laughs> no, it's much less popular. <laughs> For me, that's not as big of a problem. It also happens much more quickly. So by the time you that is, you think don't, about you don't, it, yeah, you don't have much time to think about yeah. it. Whereas with volcano, they're like, all right, we've only got 20 minutes to blow up this building, and then they have to do it, and you're kind of thinking like. That doesn't seem like enough time. You can't Mm-mm. get the fucking charges out. You, where are the yeah, charges? Yeah, where are Did you, you just have, have them explosives right with, lying around? Like, it really falls apart the last 15 minutes. It's kind a of shame. a shame. It's a huge shame because, like I said, John Carroll Lynch, Keith David, Don Cheadle, Gabby Hoffman. Yeah, she's the daughter. The daughter. She's um, great as the daughter. It sucks that she, got, that she gets saddled with this like totally thankless... Yeah. You you think she's about to go in a an interesting or at least a tolerable direction. Tommy Lee Jones sends her off with the doctor played by Jacqueline Kim who is affianced to John Corbett's character. And so the doctor is driving two critically injured people and Gabby Hoffman and one of them starts bleeding, bleeding profusely and she's like Gabby Hoffman, I need you to do something about this and overcome your like whiny teen bullshit. bullshit. And she does. And you're like, oh, she's going to like a a little Florence Nightingale type thing. Like maybe she'll save someone. And then it's just this like nonsense. Yeah. Well, and it just feels like, oh, you got to give her something to do. Like, meanwhile, this I think is where Dante's Peak kind of trounces Volcano, (laughs) where... I think Dante's Peak starts weaker. They like meet in the middle. Like, yeah. Volcano starts strong and peters out. Mm-hmm. Dante's Peak kind of starts off a little rocky and then finds its footing and ends as a really, real banger. Really solid. Um, as the movie becomes more focused, unlike Volcano, once it's focusing on the family and on Pierce Brosnan, mm-hmm. it's exciting. It's 
entertaining. Yeah. It, it, the set pieces, as ridiculous as they are, feel somewhat pretty grounded grounded and realistic and you know i'm all for a movie having a message but it didn't need a message and i'm glad they didn't try to shoehorn one in volcano didn't need a message and i understand the impulse this was la in the 90s there was plenty to have Mm -hmm. a message about it's just a shame that it ended up where it did yeah because it might have had an interesting and good message and a message that would have still been progressive by today's standards in a lot of ways and then it did not nope yeah it really pulled that punch you know like maybe stay in your lane volcano like if you don't have something interesting to say just focus on wilshire i think that is I've long had quite an antipathy towards LA. We moved here for professional reasons, basically. I've never liked it. I still hate it. It does bring me joy to see it burning. (laughs) It sounds horrible, but like, it's like, yeah, man, fuck this place. Traditionally, New York is always the city that gets destroyed in in movies. So it's kind of rare to see L.A. really get the shit kicked out of it. And that is nice. But it's also just not as fun of a city to destroy. Both of these movies utilize CGI, and both of these movies also still utilize a lot of practical effects. Mm -hmm. A lot. And believe it or not, the practical effects hold up. You'll be shocked to learn (laughs) that, in my opinion, the practical effects look great. Dante's Peak's effects are vastly superior. They they actually are are better, Al. I'll uh, give you that. I feel like I'm conceding all this ground here. I mean, I I conceded that like a lot of Volcano is a better movie. Yeah. Like it starts better. The first half, I would say, is better. Then they're about equal. And then... I feel like there's a bit more narrative momentum that carries you a bit further. But the special effects, yes, Dante's Peak is is superior one thing that dante's peak utilizes a lot is miniatures and i remember i had the vhs copy of dante's peak when i was a kid and after the movie there was and it's so good it's so cool it's so good unbelievably cool and there are really only a few minor effects in dante's peak that don't really hold up there's some cloud shots some lightning shots like a couple lava shots here and there that look a little janky the miniature work is as good today as it was in 97 it's not a situation where you look at and say like oh wow that looks really good for 97 you just say that looks really good. Yeah, I period. There's this it's the scene with the snow melt creates a raging river and uh, it breaks a dam and then the river also takes out the bridge. I was like, is this like archival foot? Did they wait for like the spring floods? Did they go, you know, with National Geographic? Did they license some of this footage cuz it looked completely real. Uh and that's because it is real it's just small or not even that small these are huge miniatures it's an enormous tank that they use it was like the one of the biggest tanks of water like for a film for a film yeah Yeah. uh and they use these little remote control miniature like humvees in a van and drove them across the the bridge quote-unquote bridge yeah and it just looks realistic it looks completely realistic to the point where yeah you could mistake it for the real thing and god i'm i miss that i can only imagine if dante's peak had tried to do all those scenes as computer generated effects and they would have sort of like spawn tried to do a couple years earlier make all these you know completely cgi environments and spawn looks like 
fucking garbage <laughs> now. And Dante's Peak would have looked like garbage. It would have been it would be used as sort of the the rock in the Scorpion King. Yeah. It would have been one of those examples mm-hmm. of like what not to do. But because they took the time and money it's a lot, a lot of, of money, money to build these real practical effects. It's going to look good 20 years from now, 40 years from yeah. now. Like it's always just going to look good because it looked real at the time. Will continue to look good yeah. forever, like, I think. Volcano does have some good practical effects with the lava. The lava does look pretty good. Although I do think Dante's Peak's lava looks better, I think. I would agree with you. I feel kind of bad dinging volcano too hard for that because they had to deal with a lot of lava like it's a very lava centric movie (laughs) whereas dante's peak has a few scenes that feature lava but it's not the star of the show no the star of the show was all the miniatures and the explosions Mm. and the flooding the lava they could take the time to make those few shots look good whereas volcano was like not only is there lava but it's, you know, catching palm trees on fire mm-hmm. and fire trucks and buses and people. And there's water interacting mm-hmm. with it, steam and smoke. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of elements. There's, that is, Volcano does do a very good job of showing just how fucking hot all this stuff yeah. is. Like, where Dante's peak excels is is in understanding that the true danger of, of a volcano is not necessarily the lava itself it's the the noxious gas the ash the acid the you know the the water turning to acid all the sulfur dioxide like those are things that like affect people for miles and miles and miles whereas volcano is a little more localized yeah volcano is just like right yeah the lava will the lava will ruin your shit fuck you up there is also this kind of we're getting a little away from the special effects but there is this weird thing that Anne Heche says to Tommy Lee Jones when the lava is there they discover that it's going to hit the hospital and Heche is like we're finally paying for our hubris in building subways in LA and it feels so counter to everything else that the movie has said it's like well first of all subways are actually very safe in earthquake conditions it comes out of nowhere because in the beginning of the movie they're talking about the red line being extended into like beverly hills or something something. but the red line extension is not the culprit. It doesn't yeah, cause. It didn't trigger the volcano. It didn't volcanic. trigger a volcano. It didn't cause the eruption. So it's not that kind of thing where it's just like, oh man, we dug too deep and we unleashed. We the delved monster. too yeah. gr- deeply and too greedily. Yeah, the Balrog doesn't bust through the fucking red line. Yeah. So it is this weird moment where. Up until then, the subway isn't treated as this culprit uh, causing these problems. So to all of a sudden have her be like, well, see, you shouldn't build a subway. And it's like, but that wasn't the problem. It's sort of of a piece with the weird shoehorned in, we all look the same when we're covered in ash of like, stop trying to make all these messages happen. Who got a hold of this? Yeah, did an executive who lived in Beverly Hills... Or maybe somewhere where there was supposed to be a subway. Just go like, yeah, no, no, no. She needs to like be anti 
subway yeah. line. It's like it it runs to too few places as it is, man. Yeah, it's just this weirdly antagonistic moment. It does come out of nowhere. The whole thing of like, oh, the hubris of LA was like, well, there hasn't been any fucking volcanoes in LA. No, the freeways are the hubris of LA. Well, yes. Those are not safe in an earthquake. Well, that's what's funny is like there's plenty of hubris in LA. Yeah, we... They do talk a lot about like, oh, traffic's, you know, all clogged on the 10 and the 5 and the People can't get into the Office of Emergency management because because of traffic traffic uh so it's like uh, that seems like the message so again it, it really feels like somebody fiddled with yeah. this at mm-hmm. some point because it feels like two separate scripts yes. almost yeah just kind of mash them yeah, together now, kiss. yeah it's there. like tommy lee jones and Anne hey she's just like kiss, kiss. thankfully again they thankfully kiss. they don't kiss that would have been horrible Ugh. Um, and He's the movie, a lot older than her. yeah, it's really, really gross. And like, it isn't even a like, well, he looks like he could be in his 40s. It's like, no, this dude's pushing 60. Yeah. And Anne Heche is very young and fresh faced. And again, and like, she had such a good relationship with with her, uh, her lady partner. scientist. Yeah, her lover. Roommate. We should talk briefly about the critical reception to this movie. Oh, yeah, went to both movies. First of all, I do kind of win because Volcano You do. Volcano is at 49% on Rotten Tomatoes. Dante's Peak is at a staggering 26%. You know what else has a 26% uh, rating on Rotten Tomatoes right now? Suicide Squad. A, a demonstrably bad movie, like an absolutely garbage movie. And I'm sorry, like Dante's Peak is not a perfect film. No. It is certainly better than 26%. Well, The Phantom Menace was 52% on Rotten Tomatoes. And it's like, both of these movies have their flaws. Volcano has more flaws, even though I love it more. They are both demonstrably better than the Phantom fucking Menace on like every level. So we're in an era these days and we don't have time to get into all that. Mm -hmm. But there has been a lot of critical reevaluation of the Star Wars prequels. I'm open to having that discussion, but let's be very clear that the Phantom Menace is a pretty bad it's movie. It's a bad movie. If you didn't like the new sequels, yeah. that's fine. Sure. But you don't have to pretend that Phantom Menace was great to right? not like uh, the new ones. It's pretty bad. And it's certainly worse than Dante's Peak. Yeah. The the Dante's Peak, it, it really, really surprised me. It actually did better at the box office, it which was, is nice It was more them. successful than Volcano. They both, although only a little bit. I think it was like 178 million worldwide and yeah. Volcano was like 100 and what? 23. 123 million worldwide. So neither of them were like uber smashes, but they were both moderately successful. What was Critics' problem back then? I don't understand why you wouldn't enjoy either of these movies. Well, and I've been wondering if critics today are going too easy on big budget movies or if they were going too hard on them back in the 90s and it's probably some combination of the two but you're right like they shouldn't have been that harsh on either of these movies one of the reviews that we saw called dante's peaks dialogue stomach churning it doesn't sparkle like volcanoes dialogue kind of does but it's perfectly serviceable serviceable there (laughs) yeah 
Yeah, Dante Speaks dialogue is serviceable. There are moments where it gets a little 90s sitcom y. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm certainly not going to argue it's it's the most crackling dialogue. No, of I'm not going to, like, you know, say Oscar for. Yeah. Oh, oh, Oscar oh. for Dante Speaks. <laughs> But for Christ's sake, it is not stomach-churning. Relax. Yeah, again, if only you knew what was to come. But also, there had been plenty of shitty garbage movies in the 90s that had Tons trash dialogue. Yeah. I don't understand calling this movie out for that. Linda Hamilton and Pierce Brosnan can sell anything. And the kids aren't even that annoying. No, you know, they're really not too bad. This was an era of every tween boy having mm-hmm. to be Bart Simpson. And so Graham, the little boy in this movie, is clearly modeled on that kind, kind of, of archetype. Yeah. But he's mostly fine. He's, it does not deserve the shellacking it yeah. got critically. It's very weird. I don't understand. Uh, also, a uh, quick little Steve's car corner. <laughs> this yes. movie has fantastic cars. Two two star cars in particular. Uh, <laughs> Linda Hamilton's Land Cruiser, just beautiful like ocean blue color. And Pierce Brosnan's lifted Chevy Suburban with the, the snorkel. With the hood snorkel so it can drive in a river. Um, which do, which does come in handy. Another quick aside: I did destroy a car by driving it through a river once when I was eighteen. Uh, it did not have a hood. So no, it didn't. The thing is, it made it through twice. It was the third time that got it. Oh Jesus, um, Stephen! It was my uncle's. Uh, oh no, Pathfinder. You... Yeah, no, I still feel bad about it. Yeah, I still you should. He was so nice. He sent Incredibly us a lovely nice. wedding gift. Oh, he's you a gotta... great guy. He's a great guy, and I, you know. Uh, we'll always feel a little guilty about about destroying his car. <laughs> but so you can drive vehicles through rivers if they yeah. have snorkels mm-hmm. or if the river isn't too high. But anyway, that Suburban is great. The Land Cruiser is great. Uh, R.I.P. to both those cars. They get they taken get out by the lava. <laughs> the U.S. Forest Service truck that Pierce oh. Brosnan commandeers is pretty good. I'm not sure my suspension of disbelief is up to the task of believing that it survives the tires being burned off by lava and they continue to drive it for several miles. It would probably be a very difficult vehicle to drive. You probably could. Yeah. I, I don't think it would drive well. Yeah. It wouldn't if be anyone my first has, mode If of anyone transit. has been in, in this situation if before. If you've ever driven over a lava field, let us know how let that us went. Know. Before we go off on too many yeah. more tangents about uh, cars and tires. tires. We'll wrap it up by, I think we can come to an agreement about both of these films that they're both pretty solid movies. Yeah, love watching them both. Neither of them is perfect. They both have their flaws. I think we can both agree Dante Speak is a little bit better. From a technical mm-hmm. screenwriting... Filmmaking. Filmmaking standpoint. So as a film. <laughs> <laughs> but my heart forever belongs to Volcano. At least we agree on Armageddon and Deep Impact. We do agree on that. That'll be a less interesting episode. Because <laughs> we'll just be like, yeah, yeah, yeah Armageddon actually. But you know what? I will say I did come around. I enjoyed Volcano more than I thought I would. And like I said, if it had stuck the landing, I might even say it's it better. was better. Yeah. Even with Dante's Peak clearly having better effects. Yeah. It could have been a better movie just from a structural standpoint. It just, they just really, biffed it, they biffed it hard at the end. And it's it's a goddamn shame because it was so close to greatness. But you know what? Anytime I see that on like Pluto TV 
or whatever. It's going on, baby. We had to rent this. We had to rent Volcano. Dante's Peak is currently, as of the end of July 2021, is on HBO Max. Uh, Volcano is nowhere to be found. You have to rent it like a, an animal. Yeah, it's frustrating because, you know, it's 20th Century Fox, which is now, of course, part of the Disney mega conglomerate. Yeah. And yet it's not available on Disney Plus or Hulu. So, yeah, you got to rent it or, you know, pirate it. Or we, if you have cable still, just wait for AMC to play wait it. For it. Come on. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, it's it's a good time. Tommy Lee Jones is, is crushing it. Yeah. Same for Dante's Peak. If you haven't seen that or it's been a while. Well worth it. Uh, they're a great double feature. And they both have like around the same runtime. They're both well under two hours. You're... In and out of there in an hour and 35 minutes or so. Yeah, so they're quick. And, you know, they make a great double feature in that, yes, they're both about volcanoes, but they're very different movies. So different, telling very different stories about very different people. And uh, I love that. I do, too. Uh, You know, I I think it's a little unfair to be like, oh, the two volcano Mm. movies. They're both special in their own way, and I love them. I love them for what they (laughs) are. We love our big hot boys. (laughs) So thanks for listening. And uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Look at their faces.